Hey friends, welcome to the Planet Podcast, aligning you in your mindset, nutrition, and wellness. I'm your host, Melanie Barrett, a holistic nutritionist, life, and health coach that is obsessed with helping women to confidently believe and trust in themselves to create positive change in all avenues of life. When it comes to feeling overwhelmed, being crippled by anxiety, paralyzed by what foods to eat, and how the hell to live a balanced, healthy life, I've been through it all and know that struggle personally. This is why I've dedicated my life to helping others just like you to make this world a better place, one mindset shift at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Plant Ahead podcast. As always, I'm super excited and honored and happy to be here. So today we have a very special guest named Devin Grinrod. So Devin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for ha- having me, Melanie. <laughs> thank you. So, all right, guys, so Devin Grinrod is a strong advocate for empowerment and whole person healing. Having began her journey of restoration as a means to overcome trauma, she understands the importance of mind, body, and spirit connection. Devin has a BA in psychology and is a trauma-informed yoga instructor. She's also a Reiki master, an evidential psychic medium, and a vaginal steam practitioner. So Devin does a lot of really cool things, and I'm so excited to dive into all of this with you today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Me too. So tell us a little bit about your psychology major and what kind of line of work did you do? And then how did you transition more into the spiritual world with work? So with my psychology major, I had focused most of my education around becoming either a trauma-informed counselor or later in my degree, becoming a forensic psychologist. And I am neither of those now. Um, But my psychology degree really set me up for what I do now, because working in the spiritual world, I describe myself as a trauma-informed practitioner, because during my college education, I was in a research lab, like every other nerd on campus. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that lab was a trauma-informed approach. So the teachers, I basically had three years of mentorship and trauma-informed practices, And then when I got out of college, my first job was as a behavioral coach for children with developmental mood and learning disorders. And what I did there was just work with families and kids to figure out how how parents could parent that specific child who was giving them a little bit more trouble and how the child could learn to listen to cues on what's going on in their body. So what I did with the children's kind of similar to what I do with adults now, have people come back into their bodies, ground into their presence, and learn to listen to what's going on in their bodies. And when we all know what we like to call our low-level cues, which are cues that our body and our mind give us as we're becoming agitated. So understanding what's going on before you blow up, before you tell that person to F off, you know, whatever happened. Mm -hmm you know, you can take a a couple steps back and be like, okay, I'm getting really irritated right now. I'm noticing this low level cue. Let me remove myself from the situation or let me use a coping skill that I have that can ground me back in and get myself out of um, that ego or that fight or flight response that I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. And that company also happened to be trauma informed. And I took every single training that they offered as many times as I could while I was there just because I love learning. That's, I'm just a student. That's who I am. I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly learning and um, taking workshops and courses. 
Me too. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we get along. Um, And then after about three or four years of that, my husband and I decided to take a trip to Southeast Asia. It just happened to coincide with my Reiki level one training. So I took my level one training and then two weeks later, we left the country for about four months and did a lot of soul searching, a lot of introspection. And when I came back, I knew that I wanted to start a business. I was pretty sure it would be a side hustle at first, but I knew I was going to start my energy work business. And I could not get a job for the life of me applying for job after job performance. And, you know, finally I offered it up to spirit. I said, clearly I am on the wrong path because I left so many interviews that basically told me I was hired and they'd be in touch with me. Nothing happened. And what kind of jobs were they that you were interviewing for? All in the mental health field. So the job I was working at was with um, low socioeconomic status families. And I was working a lot with foster children um, because the company I worked for, they also owned a couple foster homes. This was back in San Diego. And I really, I loved, I felt, I mean, like I am just a sucker for kids. I love working (laughs) with kids. So I applied for almost every job that was within my qualifications to work with children. Um, and you know, finally I got desperate and started applying for things like maybe I wasn't qualified for. So I heard back from this one, um, addiction recovery facility I applied to, and they said, you are wildly unqualified for the position you applied for, but I see you're a Reiki practitioner on your resume. Um, let me call you in for an interview. (laughs) We just clicked right away. We were just, I mean, I think it was like half an hour talking to one of my friends And she, by the end of the interview, she was like, okay, we want to hire you. Do you have a business? No. Can you have a business and set up in two weeks? And I'm just the type of person that says yes, if it's something that's exciting and I want to do. So I had no idea how to start a business, but I was like, yeah, sure. Two weeks done. I don't know. (laughs) It could have taken a year. It could have taken five minutes. No idea. Um, So she hired me and, you know, I looked up to the universe. I said, thank you. Because I always ask for, you know, well, you know, back then I was asking for signs. I said, make it so big that I can't misunderstand what you're sending me because we all know I'm stubborn. And <laughs> I figured when she said, we want to hire you as a Reiki practitioner, can you start your own business? I was like, that is the sign. <laughs> there you go. Um, so that's my story about how I got into what I do. Very cool. So did you actually end up working at the place and doing Reiki there? Yeah, I worked there for about two and a half years and stopped that uh, just about three or four months before we moved out to Austin. Very cool. That's exciting that you're actually able to work somewhere and somebody was able, like, were you just pretty much using the space and then they helped give you clients and stuff as well? It was um, an inpatient addiction recovery facility. So I was I was doing guided meditation with Reiki for their clients twice a week. That's so cool. That's very fun. I think that's a unique thing that you don't hear that happens pretty often. Yeah, I love it. That's been one of my favorite populations to work with. I'm very much, um, you know, my favorite populations are always the people that maybe wouldn't do this on their own and question what I do, like question the validity of it. They're like, why Mm -hmm. are you here? I don't like yoga. I don't really like Reiki. I'm like, okay, well, this is your recovery path. You get to choose what it looks like. If you want to try it out, try it out. If you don't, I'm not here to force you. I can't tell you how to live your life. That's up for you to decide what it looks like. 
and you know eventually these big burly like macho men would you know they'd pull me aside and they're like i i felt the energy you were sending to me and what i noticed is that almost everybody was an empath and then i started doing research on empaths and addiction and there's such a big I know we're not supposed to use the word correlation, but there's a large population of empaths who are also addicts because as you know, because I know you're an empath as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and I am too. And I also am in recovery. I, ha I struggled with an eating disorder when I was in high school and then alcohol a little bit later in life. And it makes so much sense because we feel the emotions of the world around us while we're simultaneously being told that that's false and it's not real. And mm -hmm. so just those two dichotomies working within us, us having that like very valid emotional experience and then being consistently invalidated by 99% of society. At least this was how it was back when, you know, you and I were growing up and before. Absolutely. And, you know, just needing a way to dampen that emotional experience and drugs and alcohol make total sense to do that. I'm not saying it is a good decision, but it's what myself and it's what these other people made. I did it too. As, yeah. I mean, it's, it's what we did to protect ourselves in the moment before we knew better. And that's okay. It's definitely, it's far from the best decision we could have made, but it was the one, it was the coping skill we had at that time. And so I was like, oh, yeah. people, don't judge for making decisions before you knew better you mm -hmm. did we didn't have that information we didn't know I at least for me I felt like I was going crazy and I'm like why why am I crying when this situation has nothing to do with me what is going on and so it was it was really interesting seeing that I that's I can totally relate to that as well as I'm actually I suffered from a couple different addictions as well, and I have with drugs. And mm -hmm. for me, it was very fascinating now that where I'm at in my life and understanding that, yes, I'm a strong empath. Yes, I'm a highly sensitive person. So for me, I would pick up all the emotions and all the things that would go on in my house growing up. Mm -hmm. So when I actually, as I got older and I started to start using drugs to cope with my feelings, I realized I'm like, wow, this is because I'm feeling the weight of the world around me because I am such a strong empath. And now they understand it that piece where I used to beat myself up and feel really guilty about, oh, I did drugs. I was an awful person. I'm like, no, that's all I knew to escape. That's all I knew to keep myself safe. And now that once you understand that, once you get through your addictions and you start to see it from a different perspective, it just completely shifts and changes your life exactly. and empowers you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So thank you for sharing that. That's very fascinating and interesting too, that I didn't actually know those pieces about you. So Tell us a little bit about the trauma-informed yoga and the vaginal steaming. So this is definitely something that probably not of us, a lot of us have heard about. So for our listeners, like let us kind of know about that world. Yeah. So yoga is so near and dear to my heart because it's what I used to, one of the modalities I used to heal myself um, from sexual assault. And, you know, I didn't find a great therapist where I was living at the time and, um, I just needed a way to feel at home in my body because when we experience trauma, our spirit leaves our body and yoga, the entire premise of it is to unite your mind, body, and spirit. And so the first time I stepped on my mat, I felt like a baby giraffe a little bit, but I also noticed how strong I was in certain ways. Like 
Interesting. Doing different postures and feeling the muscles work and feeling my body move and flow from one pose to another fascinated me. And I absolutely loved it. And it made me feel so strong and so centered. And I knew from the first time I stepped on my mat, I said, this is going to be what I do to heal myself. And when I heal myself, I'm going to then teach others how to do the same for themselves. So that's so cool. Yoga just takes that another step farther because trauma informed yoga can accompany any style of yoga. There's so many styles of yoga out there, but I prefer to teach yin yoga and restorative yoga in my trauma informed sessions because. So tell us a little bit about yin and like the different kinds to explain those for okay. our listeners. Yeah. So most people know what. Um, vinyasa yoga, which is breath to movement, where you're doing those sequences, your body is constantly moving and flowing. And it's what a lot of people use as a form of exercise, but that's only one part of yoga. So there's eight limbs in yoga and asanas are one of those eight limbs. With yin yoga, it is practiced, um, it's a more sedentary yoga. And the focus is on attaining that perfect stretch. So it's when you get into those poses and you're like, oh my God, I could stay here for the rest of my life. And then we allow you to stay there for up to five or seven minutes. Well, I don't allow you to do anything. I I always say, (laughs) use my poses as suggestions, but honor what you're feeling in your body. And so with that, I encourage my students to move and stretch in ways that are different than what I'm telling them. They can use what I say as kind of a platform, a foundation, But if they're in a pose and they're thinking like, okay, this is stretching my legs, but my arms really need something. Go stretch your arms. This is your your class, your experience. You are in charge of the way that your body looks. And I always say, you are never stuck in any one posture. If you would like to move and flow and have your body in a different shape, that is your option as well. That is available to you at any time. Because what trauma-informed yoga does is it provides choices. It isn't a teacher saying you need to look like this and this is how it has to be. And that is the end all be all. Trauma-informed yoga, I really want my students to notice what's going on in their bodies. And so by allowing, you know, giving that permission to trauma survivors, because we need, my, my teacher always says, a trauma survivor cannot be told enough that they are in control of their body. And so I'll say this many times throughout class because I want people to know that this is their experience, that nobody here is controlling them. And also because triggers happen, triggers are such a wide range of experiences. And you're always you're going to trigger a student at one point in your class. And it's not on purpose at all, but you know, it could be a word you say. I've heard that the word safe is triggering for some people. And you know, different postures can feel triggering to people. So if you're, if, if a student isn't comfortable in something or wants to move their body differently, who am I to tell them that they can't, you know, as long I say, as long as you're not in pain, you're doing it right. That's, that's my one parameter is like, don't be in pain in this, in, in any pose. Um, and so it's, it's about providing choices And those choices can be, do we want the lights on or off? And let that be a community decision. Do, how is the temperature in the room? Ask about aromatherapy, Um, provide different styles of adjustments rather than physical adjustments, unless you have a really good relationship with your students, because touch can be very triggering to people. 
can be very triggering as simultaneously very healing for people on their, their journey. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're a new teacher with a new student going up and just blindly giving an adjustment to somebody can feel very violating. I've, I've had those experiences before where I'm like, mm -hmm. this is not an adjustment I want, but almost all of the adjustments I've had, I've been like, yes, that, that feels great. Adjust me in every post, please. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it's just different. It really depends on the teacher, the environment, what's going on. And yeah, there's just, I, I love trauma-informed yoga because it really puts the students and the clients in control of their experience. And that is how you empower somebody to take back um, sovereignty over themselves. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And I never... I personally never really heard of trauma-informed yoga prior to meeting you. So I think that's really neat. And I like how you explain that, you know, just to remember that you are in control of this and that this is your, this is your jam and whatever you feel like stretching, go for it. And I think that's really cool. Sometimes I can recall being in yoga classes being like, fuck, 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 tell us we can move. Fuck, 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 fuck. This is so uncomfortable, you know? So I, that's really neat to like have that permission in the beginning and then also like, you know, permission to touch, is this okay? Like to kind of let people know and kind of explore those feelings. So that seems like something that's really unique and be really powerful to help people shift and just move energy around. Now, is this something that you are practicing in a studio or you just do this privately now? What are you doing with well, that? Well, circa January, 2020. Yes, I was offering this in studios, but <laughs> now, um, just about all of my work is done virtually. That's very cool. Yeah, definitely after going through the year of uh, 2020, I think all of us have changed and switched and done a lot of things virtually. And I mean, even for myself, I do everything virtually and I do miss that human connection, but I, I do hope and see good things for the future, <laughs> right? But it's been cool to work online, but I do really miss faces and people. I never thought I would, but I really do. <laughs> I fully agree. I love my commute from my bedroom to my living room. That is amazing. Can't get any better, but I, I so miss being in person. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know, but we'll get there. I have high hopes for as this year continues. Right. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, Devin and I were even able to go get a cup of cacao yes, or a couple days ago together. And it was just so nice because we were actually able to like go into a place and not have a mask on and hang out. So it was really fun. And it just gave me that high hope. I'm like, the world's getting back to normal. <laughs> Whatever normal is going to be <laughs> this new normal. Little corners of normal and do whatever makes us feel safe. Is uh -huh. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the vaginal steaming. So that's definitely something not a lot of people have heard of. So tell us about how you got into that practice and what it kind of looks like. Now, vaginal steaming is, is one of the modalities I really did for myself. And as I was learning, I just, all of the things I was learning was just, oh my God, every single woman needs this. Every single woman needs to know this information about their body because things that I taught, I were taught were normal about my body were unhealthy. And the more I learned, the more I realized so many women suffer from these horrible, horrible menstrual cycles. And that can be like pain. It can be, you know, flood bleeding and, and so many different um, unpleasant experiences are associated with, with our menstrual cycle. And we're just told, oh, that's normal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Not normal. Yeah. <laughs> it's not normal to be in pain for that long. Let a man go into an emergency room and say he has a horrific stomach ache. 
she would get taken care of so much medical attention. This a woman goes in and she's given an Advil and told to go home. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, not to knock allopathic medicine because it does have its place in time. Um, but what I'm learning is that there's a lot of void space in their knowledge of the menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I started taking, I started my education with vaginal steaming because my husband and I are on a prolonged fertility journey. And I really wanted to learn to correct my menstrual cycle because we've been diagnosed with unexplained infertility. And what that tells me is that doctors, there's no area of expertise in what we need help in. And as I was going through my vaginal steam education, there's so many questions that I've never been asked. And really? Yeah. And so it was, you know, all the details about my menstrual cycle. I was asked, how long is your menstrual cycle? A quote unquote normal cycle is between 20 and 35 days. A healthy menstrual cycle is 28 to 30 days long. And oh, really? See, I didn't even know that. Yeah, a 28 a days. Cycle, Interesting. You're supposed to bleed for four days with fresh red blood. You're not supposed to see any other colors in, in blood. My cycle is so stagnant. I didn't know blood was supposed to be red. I thought it was supposed to be brown for like a decade and a half of my bleeding experience. I didn't know that because nobody ever asked me. And I was blown away. I'm like, if my menstrual cycle is not healthy, then how am I expected to be fertile? So I just took a deep dive into that and it's something I, I do help women with that, but it's not my primary focus in my business. My primary focus is that trauma healing, but I just feel that since I have this knowledge, it's not fair to not offer it, if that makes sense. It's like a disservice to the exactly. world. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the approach I take is I want to educate women, people who come to me for vaginal steaming. I want to educate you on what's going on in your body, what your symptoms are, and how you can heal yourself. I don't want to be relied on for that. I want to give you the knowledge that you can then take home and do okay. everything on your own. And, and that's my goal because I feel like I'm, I'm not here to gatekeep my knowledge. I, I would love to share this, love to like scream it from the top of the world and just have every woman know, every woman know um, what is going on in their bodies because normal and healthy are wildly different. Yeah. And, you know, when... I, I did at one point want this to be a focus of my business, but I got so much backlash from people screaming, like, you know, you're not a gynecologist, you're not this, you're not that. And I'm not claiming to be any of those things. Please do not come to me wanting a pap smear. That is way out of my scope of practice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> but I can give you the tools to get you out of pain. I can give you the tools to help correct your menstrual cycle imbalances And then I want you to take those tools and I want you to teach your friends, your family, your daughters, your nieces, your mothers, your grandmothers. I want you to tell every woman in your life what you've learned. And there's also a spiritual component to vaginal steaming as well, because our cycles are supposed to be attuned with the moon before we were living in in the world of um, unnatural lighting most women would bleed during the new moon and ovulate during the full moon. 
And what you can do with vaginal steaming as part of self-care is you can steam on those days and really use it to ground yourself in. You can have a meditation, you can do a ceremony around it. Um, something I like to do when I bleed is give my blood back to the earth. So I'll just take a little bit and put it that on the ground. That might be too woo-woo for some people and that's okay. Um, <laughs> Whatever take, you feel guided to. Yeah, really. take what you need, leave what you don't is what I always say. <laughs> it's perfect. But it's that spiritual component of honoring Mother Earth, because although my biological mother gave birth to me here, Mother Earth allows us to live and has given birth to humanity. So it's, it's Absolutely. like, and so honoring her and saying, thank you so much for giving me this life-giving ability, for allowing me this space in my body to grow a human, to, um, to cultivate my life, because our womb space is also our space of creation. And- mm -hmm you know, it's, it's connected to our sacral chakra, our sex organs. And, you know, by, by honoring that space in our body, it's honoring our creativity, honoring our sexuality. And as a society, women especially are over-sexualized while also being sexually repressed. It's like the Madonna. Oh yeah. And, you know, it's just, as, as we look at our sacral chakra, our womb space as a place of empowerment rather than a burden, then it, it's a sort of freedom that we give ourselves, that we're allowing ourselves to experience and honor and really, really cherish this space within our body. And it's just, you know, I think vaginal steaming really allows us to do that because now I realize I didn't explain what vaginal steaming was. So now's you, a perfect time. Yeah. So it's basically like making tea. You boil water and you put herbs in it. And these, these herbs are specific to what's going on in your body. So somebody who experiences flood bleeding would have different herbs than somebody who experiences a very short cycle. So, or okay. you know, whatever symptoms. So you just cater, you essentially kind of talk to them and figure out all their symptoms, what's going on. And then you come up with a blend that's catered to their individual needs. Okay. Or you could just steam with water. Some people choose that as well. But I really like the herbs because plant medicine and humans, it just, it just works so well. Yes, uh, it does. You, you boil your water, you steam your herbs, and then you sit on a stool or you can kneel over the pot with the water um, so it's touching your pelvis. The steam is touching your pelvis. The pot is not. That is very hot. Please don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, God. And you sit there, it depends if, you know, 15 to 30 minutes is typically what you steam for. And it's just this really peaceful experience. It's like being in a sauna, but just for your pelvic area. And it's so nice and relaxing. And it's, I just love it. It's part of, it's my self-care now. And that's how, you know, I care for myself. It's how I honor my womb space because being on such a prolonged fertility journey there's a lot of animosity that can get built up. And my husband and I, we've experienced um, a couple of miscarriages. So really taking the time to honor and love that space in my body that much like when I was healing from my sexual trauma, I separated myself from. And so vaginal steaming really allows me to go back and to reunite with this space. And it's also really good for healing sexual trauma as well, because if you believe in the energetics of it, you are energetically having, uh, you're taking that energy out of your body. You're reclaiming yeah. that space. 
you're caring and you're nurturing for this space in your body in a way that I've never been able to in, in any other healing modality. You know, in Reiki, you can honor it, but it just, steaming is so different. And it really just feels like you are being so loved and cared for. And, you know, no matter what your experience as a woman has been, there's, there's always that undertone of this is a dangerous space in my body because it's mm-hmm. not something we think about until we get our periods. And then everyone's like, don't get pregnant because then it's your fault. And so we have yeah. this kind of, not hatred, but definitely animosity. Stigma. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And so it really allows you to move past that. And then once you educate yourself on your cycle, you can become so much more aware of the days that you're fertile and the days that you're not. Because women are only fertile for being very conservative in 72 hours in your cycle, but it's usually more like 24 to 48, depending on the woman. Mm-hmm. And so all of the other days of your cycle, you're not able to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it just once you learn that, once you learn the way that your body works, you can take back that power and not be afraid that at any moment you're going to fall pregnant because most likely in most of the moments in your life, you will not be able to fall pregnant. And so it's just about learning and education. And, you know, we fear what we don't know. If we don't know, if we're not educated on our womb space and our bodies, then you know, there's that fear attached to it. And, you know, as I was learning about this, I was so surprised because I was that person, you know, being that nerd in, in my mind, I would go into the library, I would read about my cycle, I would read those books and try to understand what was going on. And vaginal steaming just opened up this world for me. And I knew so I, I know so much more now. And it's so empowering. I love your story because it's just so personal to you and your journey and what you've been through. And I never even knew this type of service existed prior to meeting you. And that's really fascinating because society has really taught us that periods are achy and they're dirty and they're wrong and we shouldn't have them. And there's like shame and guilt that can come up surrounded by it. But now learning, especially being more in the spiritual realm, how beautiful our cycles are and that's part of us. And that's what makes us women. And it should be something in our lives that we honor and love and respect instead of looking at it as a burden. I mean, yeah, it's kind of annoying when you have to, you know, change your lady stuff in the middle of the day, but I mean, it's a sacred time for us and to honor that. And I mean, even mine like is synced up with the full moon now. So that's been interesting. Every time like it doesn't come on time, I'm like, what's going on? And it happens for a couple of months. I'm like, oh, you're just syncing with the moon. Here we go. <laughs> so that's really cool. But I didn't even know about the your cycle. I always thought is everything says 20, what, 21, 20 days to you know 31. I had no idea it was more like 28. That's really interesting. And yeah, being a woman is a crazy thing. It really is when I like take that step back and think about it. But thank goodness we have people like you to kind of help educate educate us a little bit further and deeper and to be just more connected with us. So if somebody was interested and wanted to do this service, would they just do like a Zoom call with you? Like what does that actually look like? Yeah. So they're what I call a menstrual cycle analysis. And we would decide to work together for three to six months. Um I'm only offering packages now because I noticed somebody would come for one time and they do one steam and then be like, oh, nothing's changed. It's like, yes, because if you eat one piece of broccoli, that's not going to change your life. But exactly. <laughs> so like, you're not going to go to the gym and lift the weight and you're like, oh, I'm ripped. Like, no, it exactly. takes time. Yeah. It takes time. <laughs> so working for three to six months will 
alleviate just about any ailments that somebody's having. And, you know, during that time, you'll get your vaginal steam protocol, very mild diet and lifestyle changes. Um, but having those diet and lifestyle changes really supplements the steaming and helps to, um, you can see results a lot faster when you're working at something from different angles. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, something that was really fascinating to me about vaginal steaming is that this was a practice in over 70 countries around the world. Really? Yeah. And most of the time, or in every single country it was used, it was also used for postpartum healing. And other countries also used it to help with the general menstrual cycle. But in every single country, it was used for postpartum healing. And the reason why we don't see it now is because in the mid-1800s, when allopathic medicine was born, and it became illegal for women to practice medicine, so midwives, with centuries worth of knowledge, then had to teach men how to deliver babies and Mm. were then not able to fulfill their own livelihood. And vaginal steaming is one of the things that fell to the wayside of it. Okay. There was a different choice in medication being implemented. That's so neat. I had no idea. And that's the thing is like, we just got to go back to the, the foundation and those pieces. And I mean, plants and herbs have been on this planet forever much longer than something that's been made in a lab. And usually they don't have side effects like other things, but we could be here all day talking about that one. But yeah. that's just really, <laughs> but that's just really cool though that you found this type of practice and are able to help people. Mm-hmm. So you would connect. So somebody's like, okay, I want to work with you. And then you would just kind of do your, you know, consult, figure out what they need. And then you would just send them the stuff and then they would take it at home and you give them all the instructions. And then that's when they could do it at home. So it's not like they're coming over to your house. Anybody in the world could do this with you. It's not like they're coming to your house and sitting over a pot in your bathroom. So, okay. The training that I took, there's women all over the world. So if I'm not able to ship herbs, I know people in England, I know people in Dubai, I know people everywhere that um, offer these services. So herbs can get to you. And, um, the packages that I offer are, I set it up for different styles of people. So some people want to come and they just want the vaginal steaming. So I have a package for that person. And then people are also interested in energy healing. So I have energy healing combined with vaginal steaming. And then for people on their fertility journey, I have this amazing package where it's like a couple's journey. So the woman will receive the vaginal steaming protocols and everything like that. And, and then they and their partner will, will get energy healing, um, different ways to clean out the house. I teach about toxic and non-toxic chemicals and we go over all that. And I send you a little care package of toxin-free stuff that you can start surrounding yourself with because regardless of your genetics, having the least amount of toxins in your life while you're trying to get pregnant and while you have that little precious baby in your house, I mean, that, that can only help the situation. Mm-hmm. So it depends, you know, what level you want to work with, what you're interested in. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, this vaginal steaming sounds amazing, but energy healing, that's not for me. I got you. And then if you're listening to this and thinking energy healing, whoa, with vaginal steaming, cool. I got you too. That's really neat. I love that you cover kind of like all bases for everybody. And I think that's, that's definitely unique. And that's what makes you special about what you do is, I mean, definitely the stuff that you do is really unique and it's very 
for individuals that need it. And it, there's definitely a place for that in the world. And I'm so happy that this world has somebody like you that can help people with this type of stuff. So I'm actually really interested and want to connect with you about the vaginal seeming stuff for myself as we start our fertility journey. So excited about yeah. that. And <laughs> so thank you. So do you have anything fun or exciting for our listeners to check out? Do you have anything coming up and all of that? Yeah. So I have those one-on-one packages and I also have those for just energy healing as well. So if you're listening to this and you're like, vaginal steaming, maybe not, but energy healing, I got you. And then I'm in the process of creating a summit with a couple of other women. It's called the Divine Self Summit. And it's a five-day summit that we're going to start in the summer solstice. So June 21st through 25th. We'll have 25 speakers that are going to talk about mind, body, spirit, relationship to abundance, and the importance of community. And this is going to be really amazing. I'm just so excited about this. We're starting to get our speaker list together, and it's just, we have some really phenomenal people coming to talk. We have mediums, we have fitness instructors, we have Ayurveda practitioners, we have everybody, and it's just so exciting. That is really cool. So definitely when that gets together, I'll have to to give us a link. And if you have anything now, at least to get started, any pre-sale stuff, we'll pop that in the show notes. So yeah, thank you so much. That was so fun to talk about all this is definitely for everybody listening. If you haven't heard any of this type of stuff and are interested, please hit up Devin. She has an incredible Instagram and all her things. So check her out on there. She's spirituallybalanced.com as her site. So you can find her and I'll put all that in the show notes. So yeah, thank you guys so much for checking out this week's episode and just hanging out with us. It was such a pleasure to talk with you, Devin, and just connect and get more personal. There's so much to learn about you and you're just such a wonderful person. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much, Melanie. And thank you to anybody who is listening out there in cyberspace. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a beautiful week guys. Until then I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you love what you heard, please leave me a review and share this episode with someone you feel may benefit. For more inspiration, join the conversation with me on Instagram at planahead.co. There you will find a link in my bio to my free mindful and meal prep guide that'll kickstart your wellness journey today. Until next time, remember, even through your hardest days, we are all made of stardust. Stardust.